Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hello, hello to the tops, to the bottoms, and to the very lucky people sandwiched in between them. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hope you've had a fabulous week and weekend. I had a pretty good week. I... Solid week, actually in a good mood. I texted a buddy of mine and I said, hey Nick, I uh, I just wanted to let you know, I had a pretty good weekend. I know that's rare to hear from me from time to time, but I was like, I, I thought that was important to share. It was good. Uh, I I saw some friends, I did some things, I, uh, I was filmed for a documentary, that was fun. Uh, uh, a new friend of mine, uh, Dylan Birdsall, is making a documentary about virginity and sex in America. Great topics. He's a he's a 23-year-old virgin, and he wants to, not for lack of trying, <laughs> gosh darn it, but he did a big Kickstarter, raised a bunch of money, making this documentary, wanted to talk to some comedians, so I sat down with him. That was, that was a good time. Uh, had a little bit of a fight with the roommate. Yeah, no, one of them, he, he accused me of, uh, he accused me of deleting all of his dvr episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race, which I didn't do. I didn't do it. But instead of getting this, like, big fight, I didn't, I didn't fight him on it. Instead, I just, I let it lay low, and a couple days later, I, I went up to him. I started yelling at him. I said, hey, man, you're being way too loud when you're having sex. Cut it out, because, like, we share a wall. He said to me, he's like, Billy, that's fucked up, man. I haven't had sex in over a year. I was like, yeah, kind of stings being accused of things you didn't do now, doesn't it? Huh? Kind of hurts. <laughs> that felt good for me. Felt good. Also felt good watching Peyton Manning throw a uh, break Brett Favre's career touchdown record. Hey, yo. Uh, just to remind everybody, I don't I don't have any stand-up dates coming up in the near future, but I do want to remind you guys that there is the float. We do have what the float is is on November 1st, last float of the season until the spring. So if you want to come out, dress fancy, and get dancy with me, you guys got to come on out November 1st. Uh, go over to www.whattheflow.at. I know it. If you don't understand what the URL is, it's in the show notes. Go there, buy a ticket. It's just $10. Uh, super fun. Again, if you don't know what a dance float is, it's a it's like a silent rave, but so we're all listening to the same dance mixes with our headphones on, but we float from place to place. We follow the float leader, and we just dance through the streets of New York, and we all dress up and dance around. It's super fun. It's Halloween time, so we'll probably all be in costume dancing around i highly encourage people come out and join me uh if, if you wait till next week it's going to be 15 dollars. so come on out good times let me tell you all about another uh really good time guys have you wanted your very own awesome sex toy but you don't want to put anything in your butt let me recommend to you the pulse from our sponsor hot octopus uh this this quote-unquote guy braider it's a it's awesome. It's a sheath that you just put your cock in and it vibrates uh, right underneath the frenulum under your hood. Super intense orgasm. Just You just keep it there and it'll vibrate. And 20 minutes later, you're going to have 
the most intense orgasm I think you'll have ever experienced. If phenomenal toy, there's so many fun ways you could use this thing. You, you can be hard, you could be flaccid, you can use it by yourself, you can use it as a couple and it can vibrate on the outside for her. And right now, for a limited time only, Hot Octopus is offering to my lovely listeners here at the Man Whore Podcast a very special 20% discount. Hear that? 20% discount to anyone who goes to their website and buys the Pulse. It uses my code WHORE20. You go to www.hotoctopus.com. Use the code WHORE20 at checkout to get 20% off of your very own pulse and uh, another fun thing you guys can pick up is if you remember your favorite lovable man whore with a heart of gold uh was in a porno (laughs) not too long ago the dvd for hashtag team bj is now available this is just a plug uh not because they want me to just because i figure there may or may not be anyone interested in seeing me in my horror glory. <laughs> if you're interested in uh, in the Team BJ DVD, you can go over to www.sarahjvideos.com and purchase that. I think it's like $25 or something like that. <laughs> you, can see, you can see the horror in action. Now that all the plugs are out the way. Great episode. Holy shit. Uh, this is one hell of an episode. We brought back... We being me, because again, this show, it's just me. There's no one else here. It's me alone in my bedroom. So I brought back, uh, if you guys remember from episode two, Mistress J. Mistress J was one of my favorite episodes we've had here on the Man Whore Podcast. And her and I wanted to talk about, originally, we were going to talk about body positivity and body image. And we just ran out of time. Uh, it was a super sexy, fun, awesome chat that just ran out of time. <laughs> I made some comments in my intro that she will say disagreed with or was upset to hear. I just, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna play to you guys how I introed uh, Jay the last time she was here on the show. I'm gonna play that clip. And Jay is one of those people, and now is one of those people I use as an example with my buddies. They may make a comment about a woman or her particular body type or size. Because I'm a guy, I don't have a particular body type. I think different types work well for different people. Some gals look good as a, a very thin, skinny model type. Some girls don't. And some gals... Look really good as big women. Jay is one of those. She's a big girl. We're not talking a little bit chubby. She, she's big. And she's fucking beautiful. So sexy. Uh, you know, I hear guys, they'll, they'll make fun and pick on, on they'll, you know, they make fat chick jokes. And I use fat as a descriptor, not in the, with the negative connotation that normally comes with, but I think it's just the way you can describe a person. It's simple. It's a descriptor. Uh, and when they make comments about fat chicks and, and jokes and say, oh, she's gross because of that, I'm like, listen, that girl might be gross for a different reason, but it's not because of her size or solely because of the size because, hey, listen, big girls can be beautiful. And I've fucked hot fat chicks before. Jay's one of them. Okay, so I thought that was 
complimentary and also a proper introduction to Jay. Uh, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. She expressed some dissatisfaction. We were cool. We're fine. She just she wanted another opportunity to uh, be there to talk about the, this issue that she's very passionate about. So I had her back on, and we talked about uh, body image, body positivity, fat shaming, um, and things of that nature. I think it was a really great conversation. We definitely disagree on several topics, but it was an amicable uh, disagreement. Like, we were still able to hug afterwards, even though we both think the other one's totally wrong. She may or may not have changed my mind on one or two things, but uh, I think it was great. Just a quick note. There's a, you're going to hear tones where she talks about being on a, um, on a talk show when she was a child and we beeped over the name of the talk show for various reasons. Um, no big deal. I want to, I really want to get into this conversation because again, um, I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm quietly, um, a fan of this topic as someone who has dealt with his own body image issues, I'm sure um, some of you will remember my exo Jane piece on my history with disordered eating in high school. And um, so it's definitely something near and dear to my heart. And it was nice to be able to ha- uh, have a woman's perspective on it uh, as as well as someone who uh, may have who has experienced it uh, from a different point of view. And I only say that because I don't want people to think I am just some um, skinny, hot, sexy, beautiful, handsome asshole uh, who, who's just like talking about um, body image unjustifiably. Uh, I think I have a little bit of credibility in that department to at least have my own opinion. So I'm sure some of you guys are going to listen. Some of y'all are going to listen to this and... Uh, not like me afterwards, but oh well, so be it. Uh, hopefully you'll tune in next week and and like me again. So kick back and, and enjoy. Let's let's go back and, and check in with Jay. Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, Shameless Sex Style. Ever heard of the Slurpee Stick Shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. I'm happy to see you again. Yeah, me too. Always it's, smiling. Love yeah. it. Uh, guys, we're, we're back with, we're, with Mistress J is back. Yeah, Mistress J is here, everyone. Yeah. 
Uh, by request, uh, Jay here wanted to come back on the show. I'm not even going to explain now. I'm sure I'm going to explain in the intro. Uh, how how are you doing again all the, all this time later? I'm great. I'm great. I can't. When did we do our first interview? We we spoke probably in March, and then the episode came out like in April. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been maybe like six months, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever they hear this, probably October. And uh, you uh you you asked to come back on the show. I did. You uh you had a little bit of an issue. I had a big issue. Big issue with your intro last time. Mm-hmm. Can I just start talking? Absolutely. Um. Yeah, so our episode I thought was really great. We mm-hmm. talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about mistress things and sex things, and that was awesome. Although we didn't get to talk about the one thing that you had requested to talk about. Sure. Which so, is body image, because like so much butt plug talk, we just ran out of time. It's we just- did. We run. <laughs> we plugged up our time with <laughs> butt plug talk. But no, so the reason I got angry about it was that you and I had spoken one-on-one about Mm. that. We wanted to talk about body image because I have a lot to say about it. And we got to talking about a lot of other things. Didn't get to that, which is fine. Um, But then you took it into your own hands to bring that into the conversation in the intro, letting people know what my body looked like, how you felt about my body after the fact, after we had already recorded the episode before you released it and then you released it into public space and then I listened to it the same time everyone else got to listen to it hearing you speak about my body without one telling me you were going to talk about my body and two doing it after the fact like it it felt disingenuous to me for you to like use your space to talk about my body without giving me space to talk about Mm -hmm. my body that's fair that's fair I did I did apologize afterwards yeah Um, I did uh I don't want to make this a big thing where I like defend myself, but it's just more like I, you know, I, it's, I was trying to record an intro. I was trying to think, okay, what is it that I really dig about Jay that I want to tell people? And part of it is your confidence and self love. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to talk about your self love without bringing up the body. And, uh, I know it should have been done like here with you. It's just, uh, I don't know. Somewhere in there, there's a compliment of that. When I think Jay, I think like this gorgeous, bigger woman who's Mm -hmm. beautiful and brash and fucking awesome and there was no way of me talking about you without without just saying like yeah like this is this uh amazing awesome person i did it but i'm I'm sorry that uh it it did uh come across poorly to you and that i didn't give you the opportunity to and i promised you that i would have you back yeah so we can uh put the butt plugs down No more strap-ons, no no tranny talk. And okay, just... I can't make any promises, but there will also be <laughs> well, lots of talk about body image, self-image, positive sexuality in yes. terms of loving one's own body. Yes. But I think it just really tainted my listening experience the first time because I really, like, it was, I felt almost sick to my stomach hearing it happen. And oh. I, just the way that you phrased it stuck in my ears so hard that it really took me back to, although I know that you, you know, love me as a friend and that we, you know, have great rapport and that obviously you would never want to hurt me yeah, or meant yeah. it badly I at know, all. I didn't know it hurt that. I didn't know I had caused so much pain. It Jeez. just, it, 
it, no, I mean, I obviously got over it very quickly, <laughs> but, and we're still friends and we mm-hmm. have been for, you know, since the episode, it just, the having someone speak about my body, what felt like to me in a way that I wasn't okay with or how I, not how I talk about my own body, um, felt it was difficult for me to listen to the rest of the episode, but then later going back and listening to it, it was great. And now I can listen to it and it doesn't bother me at all. Um, mm-hmm. it just, the first time, the first time. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't warn you. I debated yeah. I as like, maybe I should just give her a heads up. And I was like, you know what? Maybe again, I thought it was a complimentary thing. I was uh, as a whole. So I was like, you know what? Maybe she'll feel like, Oh, like, so I don't know. I yeah. should, I probably, I minimum, I should have warned you if not at least, uh, giving you a space to to yeah but to it's respond, okay which is i'm back now yeah. and it's gonna be a good episode oh it's gonna be great yeah it's gonna be fun <laughs> knowing some of the things we we might be talking about is already exciting yeah um one thing you just you just said was uh the the way in which i phrase things mm-hmm. uh so, so body image and language is a thing uh just let's jump into super deepness yeah i think is uh is a issue that gets me upset sometimes uh you know for example like someone says uh fat Mm -hmm. they just assume it's a bad thing when i think it's just a purely descriptive um word i think i don't think there's anything wrong with with using words that mean what they are uh i think it's more the context and the usage and how you you know if someone says like oh look at that fat fuck versus like wow like i hooked up with this like beautiful fat chick why is the second one considered some people would say is just as bad as the first one i said i think it's really complicated and i think you have a great point in that when you billy personally use those words you're you have intention behind them and for you it is a positive intention or just a you know a nondescript intention saying using it as like you know just an adjective but i think it's very difficult to separate from the way that our culture perceives and hears that word it sticks in people's ears and it it for you it might be unloaded but for a lot of other people it is loaded and so i think you have to be to know who you're speaking with and know who you're talking to mm-hmm. and to make sure that 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 your usage of that word to describe someone else is okay in that capacity and so like with me call me a big beautiful fat chick like great i'm a fucking fat femme that's amazing and beautiful and sexy as hell fine you and me talking about that i get it but to use that word to speak about someone who you don't know or Mm. who might not be okay with that being their descriptor is a little bit more difficult. I think it's complicated. And to just say, you can use it whenever you want and that's fine. And like, it means what it means. It's not that simple. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, and, and yeah, maybe as a standalone descriptor, I agree, I get it. Surrounded by other adjectives, positive things, then shouldn't that just be taken? Like if I call someone a big beautiful awesome amazing sexy fat chick isn't it just obvious that the that that last adjective is considered positive in the way that person is using it not knowing that's billy Presida. like i get it like if you and me are talking and i use that descriptor standing alone we kind of we have an understanding Mm -hmm. but if a random if joe schmo uses it but uses it in this context if we look at the whole sentence isn't it less of a less of an shouldn't it be less of an issue? Um, I think it should be less of an issue, but that doesn't mean that it is less of an issue. Um, I think also 
kind of the larger question that I keep that when I really sit and think about why the word fat bothers me or when why why when people use that word as a descriptor it sometimes doesn't um, sit well with me is it really comes back down to why are you describing someone's body in this context so when you are talking about that you've hooked up with women of varying body types and body shapes and sizes to say i hooked up with this beautiful fat chick and it was great and she loves her body blah 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 fine but when you're just describing a human being in general i think most of the time we as a society tend to go to physical traits to body traits Mm -hmm. and i personally don't think that's necessary i prefer to describe people or talk about people by other qualities or character character traits unless describing yeah. someone's body is integral to the conversation or i think it gives it, a picture know. it helps you uh someone i mean like someone wants to know what i mean even if you're talking to your girlfriends it'd be like yeah like oh, i have this amazing boy because you know you have a boyfriend still yeah. six months later still yeah, still still got him uh almost two years now adorbs <laughs> uh <laughs> but it's like you know if you're trying to describe yeah you can go ahead and describe like personality and stuff but then oh so what's he look like it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be loaded See, with but judgment. but then the person some, said, what does he look like? Or if you just want to describe. Like, what if you just want to describe what that person looks like? It helps the person you're speaking to. It communicates a, a visual thing in their head. No, that's so not can, what I'm yeah. speaking about. If okay. you wanted to describe someone and how they looked, yeah, that's fine. But to put a uh, characteristic... Char- Characteristic that is talking specifically about their body into a conversation where it has no place doesn't make sense to me. Okay, what's uh, what's your relationship with with that word? With fat? Yeah. Um, I think I have um, a healing relationship with fat. It no longer stabs me the way that it used to, um, but it's a constant work in progress to not let words have power over me. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I have my own relationship with that. I, yeah. uh, it, I'm sure many of the listeners, um, I would assume if they've listened to every episode, which you should, if you haven't pause, Download go back. All, bitches. God damn it. Uh, I'm listen to my words <laughs> in my voice all the time. <laughs> no, but if, you know, it, I've talked about my struggles with, with weight, with body image and self love yeah, and course. such. And, and when I was younger and, and even more recently and whatnot. And, um, I wrote a, a piece for exojane.com about, it's a really lovely piece. Everyone should go read it. Uh, no, it's, you know, my struggles with eating and eating problems in high school and, know where that stemmed from so because yeah. i got bullied mercilessly since i was like five yeah and i wasn't even fat and that was the most frustrating thing i wasn't like a big mm-hmm. i was like <clears throat> maybe a little chubby maybe i was yeah. no bigger than people who were bullying me but they would call me fat big whale all those things yeah and i wasn't but it what it did was instill in me uh, a sense of self where it's like i guess i'm fat like that's just i'm they said so every day yeah so. when other people tell you it's hard to not believe it yeah uh pl- added to it such a, a negative view of of being big mm-hmm. uh so not only are they, they telling me i am something i'm not they're saying if you were that thing it would be terrible sure so i mean like i have a, a rough relationship with that so you know i don't know like like someone wants to tell me like oh you know you you dress like shit or <laughs> you're an asshole i'll be like whatever but if they tell me my love handles look a little big today i'm gonna be like stop it 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 is has this really 
horrible quality of finding that pinpoint and just pushing on it those Mm. certain words and it's something that you internalize and there's things that people could say to me that I wouldn't give two shits about but there's certain things if they comment on my weight if they comment on certain things it just you know like taking your thumb right onto that sore spot it it's different for every person but you know we all have those things that just get to us from life experience yeah yeah um yeah the language we use for for various people is uh, definitely a big deal. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, though. And this is the big question I tend to have. Uh-huh. Is, you know, there's a lot of talk about fat shaming yeah. in culture. I mean, if you read an Exo-Jane or a Jezebel, uh, you've definitely read about, quote-unquote, fat shaming. This idea that, um, listen, if you're big, it's fine, and that's, that's cool, and own it and love it and all that jazz, and we shouldn't... Um, look down on people who are overweight or um, some would go as far as say if someone's obese that like it's fine and whatnot. And a question, and a legitimate question I have because I mean, and neither of us are experts or, you know, have PhDs or anything, but I definitely have, I'm, I'm curious, like where the line between fat shaming and being concerned for someone's health is. Cause I've read like articles of like Pete or just people who blast off against their doctor. Cause they went to the doctor and the doctor said like, you really should be like looking at your weight or like, you're definitely, you know, there's a health concern here. And they say, don't fat shame me. I'm fine with my body. And like, I'm gra- It's like, okay, I'm glad you're like comfortable and you love yourself. But there's a point where there's a health concern, you know, where we have a, a nation where a, a third of people are overweight and we have a third of people who are obese. Where's that line? Have you heard of the movement Health at Every Size? Vaguely. Um, well, it's this movement, and I'm, I don't know if it qualifies as an organization, but it's definitely a movement that's very um, uh, prevalent in body positive movements and also increasingly in doctor medical communities. Um, I'm sure in the description, can you put a link to their yeah. website? Health at Any Size? Health at Every Size. Every Size, okay. And it's basically their kind of core mission statement is that um, you don't have to be thin to be healthy and that you can be healthy at every size. So weight is not a qualifier for health. So I think you bring up a good point. I think that people's gut reaction that they like can't keep in is that like, well, like if you're obese then you have to have something else wrong with you. Like you can't be obese with nothing else, but that's not necessarily true. The majority, I know, you look so uncomfortable, and if you're, you're just 500 like, pounds. There is a health concern. No, I'm not yeah, saying. For example, I, I mean, yes, yeah. there are other health concerns, but not everybody who is obese has coexisting health problems. You can be technically by the BMI standard, which is completely bullshit and outdated. Anyways, you can be quote unquote obese and not have other health problems. You can work out regularly, you can eat healthfully, and you can have a BMI that is, you know, whatever it is, 27 or more, I guess, um, is, quote, obese. Um, Then, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're unhealthy if you happen to be obese. There are a lot of obese people who do not have healthy habits, but they're not one in the same. And you can't tell someone's health just by looking at them. but again, unless you have gotten to, again, unless it's like maybe a medical edition, if you get to 350 pounds, 
You didn't get there being healthy. Like you went, you got to that point from unhealthy eating habits. It's you don't just or a medical condition. Yeah, or a medical. Or, like I said, so unless you have a medical condition, a medical condition, like a thyroid thing that got you to put on all that weight, um, you did not get to two hundred pounds, hundred pounds overweight, uh, obese, mega obese, uh, morbidly obese. You don't, you don't get to that just like exercising and being healthy. Um, yes and no. I think I'm, I don't know your original question of like the difference between fat shaming and concern for someone's health, I Mm -hmm. think is normal people in your life have no, no room to, come close to that to have to differentiate that there should never be something that's so close to concern for someone's health that it could accidentally be perceived as fat shaming there's so different well you read but what i'm talking about that line is those people who like you know i see freelance writers write up their personal experience on they went to the doctor and the doctor suggested that they take like oh you've gained 50 pounds in the last six months maybe you need to look at like your eating habits and exercise and then they get into a tirade of like oh don't don't you tell me to do that it's like i don't know if you gain 50 pounds six months you're a doctor and that's where that's literally where you're supposed to talk about that thing that's (laughs) not fat shaming yeah but i'm so i'm talking about the like there there are people who consider that fat shaming and that's why i'm talking about this line this Mm. like really vague line between like owning it and loving and accepting yourself but also like not getting sensitive when a doctor or says like hey like you should take a look at this because this is not healthy. I think it's a defense mechanism. I think a lot of people bring up that wall because hearing flaws about yourself or hearing something that you are potentially sensitive about brought Mm -hmm. up to you, especially by a medical doctor, because a lot of people um, don't feel comfortable um, pushing back against doctors, which is where a lot of patients get into trouble, actually. Um, But when you hear those things or they're brought to your attention, it's very sensitive. Like I said, there's things that push people's buttons. And if you've constantly struggled with weight, if you've the, you've only heard people talk about your weight in a bullying context and then a doctor brings it up, how else are you supposed to take it? You can't shut that off. So I think I feel um, compassion for people who perceive doctors trying to give help as fat shaming but I also think that doctors don't understand the complexities of weight issues and body image and um, one's sense of their self in their own body a lot of the time they see it from a clinical perspective Um, and unless you're seeing a doctor who specializes in weight nutrition um, is a resident a registered dietitian, not a nutritionist. Pretty much anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, a registered dietitian. Um, you know, a lot of times they do give false or unhelpful information. So um, it's complicated. Like I said, this whole topic is so complicated. But mm. um, really when it comes down to it is the way that you're perceiving the words that you're hearing. And I think sometimes from doctors, they can be helpful and great. And sometimes from doctors, they can be brash and cold and have a poor bedside manner. And but just because you have a poor bedside manner doesn't like make you wrong. You know, it's like, it just means like he's rude. Yeah, but I mean, that's not the best way to yeah. go about things. Sure, sure. No, <laughs> of course. But it's like, you know, just because someone like is rude or brash or insensitive doesn't make the person like incorrect, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I mean, I just I read this book recently called XL Love. Mm-hmm. Um, off the top of my head, do not remember the author. I will put that in the show notes. But it's actually, it comes out 
October or November. Mm-hmm. And an advanced copy, guys. No big deal. I'm a, oh, my God. You're so special, I'm Billy. I'm an important person. God, he is so <laughs> special. Everyone just snaps for Billy right now. <laughs> but this book, Exo Love, you know, is actually <laughs> talking about, um, you know, obesity and its effect, like, on the libido. Just to, just to hone in some sexuality into all this. Uh, obesity's effect on libido. Mm-hmm. And it was quite, it was astonishing. Everything from girls uh, going into puberty super early because of being overweight. And we're talking the eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds developing breasts and such. Well, I've actually, sorry, I actually read about that, that it's kind of, it happens together, but they're not sure which causes which. Mm -hmm. I sometimes pre, like early maturation or sexual maturation can then cause someone to become obese. So they're not sure which comes first. Sure, sure. But I mean, it, the book covered everything from that time period mm-hmm. through high school and obese girls um, and their sexual practices versus girls of quote unquote healthy weight. Um, after doing like a lot of surveys and re- like a, she was quoting all these studies about mm-hmm. um you know, their sense of self-love and that they're not necessarily prone to being sluttier, but the ones who were um, engaging in sexual activity in high school were engaging in, were more likely to engage in unhealthy sexual activity versus safe sex uh, all the way through married people and lower libidos where you had um, couples of different weights. (laughs) Oh my, that has not happened before. She just she just put notes. I don't know what she wrote. I'm sorry, wrote. I put notes on your paper. She put notes on my goddamn <laughs> notebook. Holy shit, that has never happened. What'd you write? I wrote SS. S- what's SS? For safer sex. Safer sex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say what I wanted to say, or do you want to continue? Um, let me let me finish through yeah, this thought, ahead. and then we'll we'll get into that. But, sorry, oh, I wrote on your notebook. That's just I feel violated in my oh, space. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, uh, but it also it went into, you know, couples who were of different sizes uh-huh. and could they actually stay the same? So but everything from like the psychological parts of it where it's like one really felt resentment because someone gained weight versus someone loses libido and doesn't want to have as much sex. Even to when when let's say the woman wants to lose weight. Let's say the woman had like a higher BMI, but she lost weight. And then he's now self-conscious because like, oh, what are you losing this weight so you could fuck other dudes? kind of cover like the full spectrum of all, all of the stuff in terms of um body size and sex and it was quite interesting and and blew my mind away even even the fact that like you know she saw, spoke to one urologist who said that for every 50 pounds a man is overweight he he loses like half an inch or an inch off of an erection mm-hmm. like blew my mind i was like that's that okay billy don't less donuts do not <laughs> you don't you don't have I mean, you got it's it's not a bad size, but Christ, you don't have that many inches to spare. It's, yeah, <laughs> you get get three hundred pounds overweight, you are woo okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm it sorry. Shrinks so you, rapidly. Yeah, so you and it, well, not and not even that it shrinks, but it just gets you know it gets um, the pubic area as it yeah. gains weight, it just gets swallowed up. The pubic mouth. I mean, the champ from Team BJ, he's he's a bigger fella. Yeah, and uh, and we love the champ, but he was a little chode that could because it was kind of. It started coming out, but it was all coming out of this pubis fatty region. Yeah. And then as 
as Sarah worked her magic. Sarah yeah. J worked her magic. Oh, she sounds so magical. She's a magical woman. Um, I want to meet her. Oh, she's she's a badass chick. Uh, she's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So so sorry. You wanted to, you wrote safe sex in my goddamn notebook. What do you want to? I'm so sorry. I feel was, like I really harmed you. <laughs> it's just it's never happened before. Uh, well, you and I have a special <laughs> relationship. We could go. I mean, all the women on this show have like most of them have touched my penis. None of them have touched my notebook. Sorry, I'm I'm the first. <laughs> so no, you know I'm me. a rule breaker. Um, no, just one comment about safer sex. You said that um, teens who were overweight and high school over overweight girls who were overweight overweight and obese girls in high school not that they were more prone to sexual promiscuity Mm -hmm. or celibacy either way it was more that the ones who were were more likely to engage in um less safer sex practices due to pressure from like oh well you know for like some of the example being like well i don't know if another guy is gonna want to like have sex with me so if he doesn't want to use a condom i guess i'll just yeah also i'm the reason that i wrote on your notebook is that i actually read something uh, a couple days ago that was talking about um sexuality in overweight teens and Mm -hmm. that they were had a higher sti rate um Mm -hmm. and they think that that might be due to the fact that medical practitioners actually aren't giving them as much information as their you know Normal lesser weight, weight yeah. counterparts uh, because assuming they assume that, that they are not sexually active. So, that was in the book too. Yeah. yeah, it's really that's that really is disturbing. And, yeah, I mean one of the one of the high schools that she um, I forget if she was at or the study was at. I think she was at. Um, the author was you know the the high school was primarily all overweight teens. Yeah, and how how that played into effect and that there was mm-hmm. no uh, there was very few healthy weight because they were doing a lot of like um, high schools in the south. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole different fucking bag of worms. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it was an interesting book to, to read about how you know weight was affecting libido both on a, like a psychological level and um, on on a like a chemical level. And I love that you got all sorts of goddamn notes. Yeah, I do. Oh man, we are. Then I am now. I saw OK Cupid on there. I saw a word I don't like on there, and I'm not getting to it yet. But that's fucking gonna happen okay we'll get there we'll, we'll get there yeah you were you were on i was i was on the you, show. we have now both because i don't know if you guys know this i was on the rosie o'donnell show twice as a kid no big deal i was on the show three times so Woo. so tell wait so you were on as as a as a young lass yes mm-hmm. uh why don't you tell us about that uh okay so i was um 12 years old and i was overweight I submitted a um, uh, an audition tape to the show. They were having open calls for uh, teenagers to join their teen weight loss challenge. He had recently had success with his adult weight loss challenge, and it had gone very well. The winner, they gave him a house and a car and a bunch of things, and he lost a bunch of weight, and he and his wife seemed super happy. I just, I want to know where he is now. But then son wrote a book actually about uh kids and weight um i don't honestly i don't even remember what it's called but so uh, he led the uh teen weight loss challenge and so anyways i got accepted onto the show and that was very exciting for me and for my parents and um it seemed really 
great actually uh in the beginning they gave me a nutritionist uh they gave me a personal trainer uh five days a week they gave me uh, a video camera to do video diaries uh scale a measuring tape uh the producers called like every day it was really the vip treatment is over the course of how long um i was a participant in this weight loss challenge for about nine months and uh, over the course of that nine months, I lost about 50 pounds. Um, to begin, I was about 180 pounds or 185 pounds uh, in seventh grade. So we're like 11, 12? I was 12, 12 yeah. Okay. And then um, the whole reason that I went on the show in the first place was because I wanted to be skinny for my bat mitzvah. And um, I had this reoccurring kind of traumatic thought where I don't know if how many of your listeners are familiar with uh, Jewish culture, but in uh, Jewish celebratory events, they will put the person of honor or the birthday person or the wife or the, you, oh, you know, do the, the, riding chair. Room in the chair. Right. And I had this recurring kind of traumatic thought that like, what if I get on this chair and they can't lift me? Uh, which is kind of ridiculous because I've seen them lift full grown buff ass men um, right. at their weddings. But I just, it was so embarrassing for me to think, what if this embarrassing thing happens in front of my friends and family? So that's honestly really what sparked it. Um, also, the fact that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome and my doctors were telling me that um, the symptoms would improve if I lost weight. Um, so anyways, I embarked on this journey and it was successful in terms of getting pounds off of my person. Um, it was unsuccessful in every other respect. Um, it was so demanding and so unhealthy thinking back everything we know about rates of weight loss, crash diets, um, pressure on adolescents, everything was just a mess. And every week I had to get on the scale, record my weight down to a 10th of a pound, uh, measure every body part to make sure that I was actually shrinking in size, um, and would look good for the show. Um, and then send those into the producers. And one kid actually wasn't losing weight fast enough and they dropped him and pretended like he never existed and never mentioned it on the show. And Jesus, he just like faded into oblivion. Yeah. He was actually my first kiss. Oh, yeah, that's cute. It was was because of the show, right? Yeah. You guys like like in the green room. It was in a hotel, but yeah. Was this the first, second or third appearance? Because I'm assuming there was like a first appearance like, hey, look at these kids. Like they're they're all Yeah, this was the second. Second one's like, oh, they're kind of losing weight now. Look. And the third is the big like, oh, my God. Yes. A big oh, my God, with balloons. It's like when you had been losing weight. You'd be like, I'm look, I'm a. I'm a, I, this is going to feel uncomfortable saying, I'm a sexy 12-year-old. I'm yeah. going to get me some That's first kiss. exactly <laughs> what I thought. I thought I was a sexy 12-year-old. Oh, Lord. Which, already, actually, you've seen pictures. I kind of was. like you. I'm not allowed to comment legally, I don't think. You can comment on it. She's she's a very, very pretty. Tw- I would have had a, a little crush on her when I was 12. Yeah, they called me jailbait. So. They called it at 12. Well, not the I will, show. I will but say that picture. <laughs> that picture looked like you were maybe in high school. Though. I yeah. will say that. So you did look. Um, you you had filled out. Yeah, as we talked about, I as I lost all of this weight, I also gained giant breasts, boobs, boobs, boobs. Which I love my boobs now, but they came very quickly. But you didn't love your boobs then. I loved them, but I loved them because they got me attention. Mm-hmm. So you were. Um, 
You, so, so sorry. Yeah, I, I had interrupted with boobs. Um, <laughs> they drop. They drop. Uh, boy, who uh, first kiss boy from the show. Yeah. And then you know you finally get to the point you, you've lost like fifty pounds, which is um, a little faster than should have. Like thirty six weeks should have lost about like thirty five, forty pounds probably maximum. Yeah, um, you're supposed to lose about a pound, maybe two a week uh, tops. And so you lost 50 in about 36 weeks. Mm-hmm. A little then, less than yeah. that, maybe. And then, and then what happens? So the show ended. I got my prize, which was like $1,000 worth of clothes. And um, at the time, the store Rampage was really um, big. Which, I don't remember that one. Well, you also were not a teen girl. but <laughs> True. Um, I don't know if any of you listeners remember the store Rampage. They sent me a giant box of clothing from Rampage to wear around and a personal shopper at Macy's and a bunch of other stuff. Um, And then uh, um, they took everything else away. They took away my nutritionist. They took away uh, my personal trainer. They took away my... They made me send back my scale, which sounds so ridiculous. Um, The... We tried to call and check in with the producers because we had developed a relationship with them. I mean, calling someone almost every day for almost a year like that's Mm -hmm. they we became close with those women and um, they weren't allowed to speak to us anymore. And almost immediately, this sort of explosion in my personal life happened where I, you know, had. Everyone knew me, obviously, because I was on TV. So I became popular in that respect because people knew who I was at school and in the community. Like random moms at the supermarket would be like, oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, I saw you on TV. Yeah. So it was a lot of positive reinforcement from everyone. My family, Mm -hmm. my friends, like literally everyone was telling me how great I looked. I got super popular because one, I was on the show. Two, I was getting really skinny and had giant boobs. Um, Boobs. (laughs) Yeah. And so... I went from being this like fat weird kid to this skinny giant breasted sexy popular girl and it was for a fragile 13 year old psyche I mean you can just imagine like it broke me it really did and it was almost immediately that I started to put the dots together in my head of like holy shit, I did this all with the help of this entire team and now I'm by myself and how am I going to stay skinny because nobody's going to keep liking me if I gain this weight back and I'll be a failure to myself and my parents and the show and everything. You know, it was just so much pressure. So almost immediately, months after the show ended, I became severely bulimic. Um, And I've had disordered eating since elementary school. Obviously, I gained a lot of weight and was overweight as a seventh grader because I ate emotionally and had a lot of anxiety problems and ate to deal with that. Um, and so the bulimia was just sort of trying to keep it in check and, um, it spiraled very quickly out of control. Um, I got very sick very quickly, um, and ended up going into inpatient treatment, uh, when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, that was eighth grade. So you can imagine I had to leave school for a few months. And you were being bulimic at the weight that you had already lost the weight at. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like you'd put on a bunch of weight. No. Not that it justifies it at all. But Yeah. Um, I was at my lowest weight ever. Yeah. And, and you were still trying to just maintain through that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also, it wasn't just about the weight. It became about dealing with stress. It was a coping mechanism, as mm-hmm. I'm sure anybody who has dealt with eating disorders knows. Um, it's not just about the food or the weight. It's about so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I went to treatment and then came back just in time to graduate from eighth grade. Um, had a whole new lease on life, thought I was doing great and I had cured everything and it was going to be amazing and blah, blah, blah. Um, but as I have learned and as many mental health professionals know, uh, intervention and treatment as an adolescent is rarely uh, effective in the long term. There's too much that's changing in your brain at that time for it to stay effective um, for the you know duration of one's lifetime. So did you put the weight back on? Yes. And then in high school, I slowly gained weight and I gained weight fairly steadily until um, like now. Um, but in my sophomore year of college, I, I honestly, I don't know really what happened at that time. Um, uh, a few theories um, deal with friends and loss. And I had a couple of friends who died actually exactly the same way. And it was very, very traumatic for me. Um, and so in my end of my freshman, beginning of my sophomore year of college, um, my bulimia came back kind of just like crazy full force, um, worse than ever. And really like it was it's very sad to think about now and looking back on that person um she was so so lonely and so scared and really all I did was sit in I was in a dorm but I lived in a like a single so I was just myself and literally all I did all day was sit in there and binge and purge and self-harm and that's it I didn't go to class I just stayed in my room and destroyed my body it was so sad it was so horrible and um a lot of people didn't even know what was going on because I projected this air of confidence and body positivity and like that I had my shit together mm -hmm. and I knew what was going on and I was amazing and I had all these friends and I was really popular at college and then I would just go home and hate hate on myself yeah and then after um, that went on for a couple months, um, things got actually really terrible in the self-harm department um, and really, really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And um, I basically told my parents, like, hey, I need to go back to treatment. And they were like, well, you know, let's not jump to any conclusions. Like, could you do outpatient while you're still going to school or can you, you know we could do like you could go to school part time and like mm -hmm. they really didn't want me to interrupt my life again yeah. um, but then after I told them like actually the extent that I was self-harming they're like okay yeah you gotta go you gotta go yeah. so I went to another treatment facility it really was the best thing I've ever done for myself completely changed my life and um, I I turned into the person that I always wanted to be through that mm -hmm. um, it took a lot of effort and anybody who has been through an eating disorder knows how much effort it takes to get out of it um and my story is by no means um unique and uh, everybody with an eating disorder thinks that their story has some sort of like special quality to it or that theirs was somehow the worst or that theirs was meaningful in some way that is different from everyone else's and not that you're not special and that your story is not meaningful. Jay, I'm really fucking special. I think we covered this already. I know you are really fucking special, <laughs> but you know, everybody, they're all connected. They all have underlying themes that are the same. And so, um, anyways, I share my story in terms of my eating disorder to let people know that, um, you know, I have come through full recovery and am in full recovery and have been for years now. Mm -hmm. um, and I 
I'm so passionate about body positivity and about um, respecting other people's views of their body because I think that other people are so judgmental and that you don't know people's story. If people were to see me today, they would think that I've always been a kick-ass plump lady who's just like killing it. And like I am killing it and I am a plump lady, but you don't, by looking at me, you would never know my story and you never know anyone's story by looking at them. So I think that's really important to keep in mind when speaking about anyone's appearance and any part of their appearance. Always, always. And and part of that story, <clears throat> so now in college, same weight that you are now, or mm-hmm. we're, okay, yeah. so the whole time that was going on, we're still at like where you are now, but just the insides were have now become yeah better. That whole time though, as part part of this story is is, I mean, we're in college. People like to do the sex in college. Mm-hmm. You know, was that something that was a problem? Was that was there a difference between maybe those earlier years in college? interacting with boys and girls and whomever then versus after treatment? Um, actually, my the majority of my sexual promiscuity stuff happened in high school. I was, I did, I did write sexual teen, but yeah. then, then we had a very um, lovely, um, heartwarming story about college, and I was like, okay. Yeah, no, the, the kind of crisis mode of my eating disorder happened in college, but um, it was building for a long time. Yeah, a yeah. kind of catastrophe like that doesn't happen yeah. without lots of buildup. Um, and so in high school, I think I used sex and used um, relations with other people to mm-hmm. reaffirm what I was losing about myself, if that makes sense. Like I was gaining weight slowly and I was, you know, losing popularity and still had the boobs, still had the boobs, boobs. always had the boobs. Um, and so I was grasping on to these relationships and hookups because they made me feel powerful. They made me feel edgy. They made me feel like I was worth something. And they to give be, you value, of course. And yeah. to be, you know, a 17 year old girl who has, 23 year old guys wanting to fuck them it's powerful to your to your psyche it really Mm -hmm. is it gives you value now i don't get my value from that but it's at the time it's means everything to be wanted by other people socially and sexually Mm -hmm. definitely i mean as someone uh, also comes from that world of uh not having a good self-esteem basically just because of the body yeah um who would have known there were way better reasons to think I was a bad person than just my body? It was like, oh, well, he's judgmental. He's condescending sometimes. No, it was, uh, <laughs> You could hate you for so many other reasons. There's so many reasons. better reasons than my body <laughs> to think I'm shitty. Yeah. No. Um, but someone who comes from that world of, like, not liking his body. Uh, and then, I, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of time from college and after college, and part of what led to why I would um, just seek approval from whichever girl partially because I was like, well, she finds me sexy and do we really want to roll the dice to see if, exactly. if you know, the next one's going to like this body. And I mean, every time I take my shirt off with a girl, not as much now as before, but still a little bit now, it's like, you know, okay, here comes the big reveal. Are we <laughs> Drum roll, please. It's like, okay, let's have a pause. Do we like this? Okay, now we can keep going. But let me ask you, <laughs> have you ever had an experience where you took your shirt off and someone was appalled? Um, not in the moment, but later. Really? Yeah. Did I ever tell you why I started Weight Watchers? It's, <laughs> so after I graduated college, it's, um, it's fall 2011. So it's like, I just finished college. Sure. Just got back from my road trip around the country. Uh, I'd been eating a lot of fast food, mm-hmm. driving around the country. 
I was not exercising really. I took running shoes with me. I think I went on like four runs yeah. in, in the two months. But so I get back. I'd put on about 15 pounds since graduation, which is, and that's me like 40 pounds heavier than when I graduated high school. No, it's like 35 pounds heavier than when I graduated high school. I had not been that heavy since um, I had starting, started not, you know, I had started starving myself sophomore yeah. year of high school. Because that's when I got back for, uh, for preseason and it was 220. So I'd never seen that number in yeah, years. Yeah, for a long time. Kind of freaked out. But um, the reason I looked at that number was because I had hooked up with this girl who I met on the same site we had met on. Mm-hmm. She's a freshman at NYU. Went for a couple drinks. She brings me up to her dorm room. Um, I get Nikki's. She uh, she <laughs> gave she gave me or she gave me some of the oral, and uh, some of the oral. Some, of the, uh, some people call it a blowjob. I'm not a crass guy, okay? <laughs> no, a, you're a, oh, whatever a crass guy is. You are the opposite of totally, that. Billy. Uh, man whore podcast. I am a classy bitch. She gave me a blowjob. I spent the night, and then I went home. Texted her a few days later. Be like, hey, you want? You, we should hook up again. That was fun. <laughs> And here's what was weird, because she didn't say no. She said yes. She said, yeah, let's do something again. Um, we never did, but she also said in her saying yes, she also said, hey, by the way, if you lost like 15 pounds, that'd be cool with me. Damn. I almost wanted her to say, no, you should lose 15 pounds, because like, then that would be less confusing. But yeah, she said. Wait, is she, was she expecting you to lose 15 pounds before your date? No, I don't think she was supposed to, well, yeah, I don't think she wanted, she was expecting it before, like, we hooked up again, just, like, she's like, hey, if you lost, like, 15 pounds, that's cool. Ugh. Oh, my God, that's, ugh, that makes me so mad. And she's this skinny little hot 18-year-old, like, freshman, like. No, no. Yeah, so. Oh, my God, that are makes you saying me so no? mad. Okay. No, just thinking okay. about it, Sorry. I just. Yeah, so, and, and, and what irked me possibly the most was that she, I, she fucking eyeballed it. I had gained 15 pounds. Um. I also didn't realize it because, again, I hadn't gone onto a scale, I don't think. Yeah. So that was a moment. And, and partially it's like, thank God she said something because I would have never realized I'd, I'd put on weight. Um, again, not that putting on weight's bad, but I myself am usually not happy at that heavier weight. I don't need to be at some impossible thing. I like to be yeah. at something that when I look at the mirror, I'm like, if I was gay, I'd want to fuck me, that type of thing. But it's, thank God she said it. I would have never started trying to lose weight in, in a healthier manner. But... Yeah, she had eyeball, eyeballed it. 15 pounds. I'm like, fuck, I'm not fooling anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I started doing Weight Watchers. It was, I, that happened probably October, November of 2011. And January 1st, I had started Weight Watchers. So, yeah. So, no one's ever, like, when I took my shirt off in the moment said, ugh. But I, I had that experience. Yeah, and that's rough. Yeah. Having other people comment on your body is always hard, no matter who you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, male or female. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of dudes who like, they all act like whatever. Like, oh, that's a that's a chick problem, man. Body image, whatever. But if a chick said like commented on your dick size when you got naked, or you know said uh, you got 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 the man boobs, I'm sure you're gonna have trouble getting hard in that moment. Yeah. Because you're gonna feel pretty unsexy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that kind of was that, that can be rough. Definitely. But um, yeah. I love that you have so many notes. I have so I many feel, notes. Now, here's the thing. I'm not like 100% unprepared because, you know, I read a book and I I, I did some things. But, like, you, you make me feel a little inadequate here. Well, I, I wanted to make sure I was notes. prepared. <laughs> um, prepared. Let's see. We did that. We did that. Um, okay. 
let's say the most heated, the thing I sometimes get angry about for last. Okay. Here we go. Oh, are we going to that now? Oh, let's go there. Okay. okay. I have a thing. I have a thing with the word curvy. I know you do. Especially on dating websites. I know you do. Yeah. Now, dating what Now, I feel like curvy has been um, hijacked. Okay. Can I read something quickly? Okay. okay so I have oh, a, actually a transcript from our last interview. Oh, my and gosh. Am I? Wow. What's going on? Can I at least speak here? Or what's no. Going on? So, yeah, you can. So I will read. Oh, this to is you. for my intro. I'll read to you the which intro. Which I think I was gonna. I was planning on probably playing a piece of it back, but okay. Okay. So Billy says last time in his intro, talking about big girl bodies without letting me know ahead of time. Can that. you can you try to say it with my awesome inflection of course I will. and timing? Yes. Yeah. I don't want you to like fuck up my uh, my voice. I'm not gonna fuck up your voice. Okay. okay. So can you go deeper? Uh, big girls can be beautiful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. listen. I'm not that nasally. Uh, big girls could be beautiful. That's oh my God. Who are you? Okay, just read it. Read <laughs> like, it. Read it like yourself. You yeah. are kind of nasally. Let's no. Stop it. Come no, on. Out. Stop it. Okay. Come on now. Hey. hey yeah. Yeah. yeah can't yeah. touch me. <laughs> Why don't you come over to the corner store? We'll have ourselves a pop and a dance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ring the bell twice if you see a copper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're you're trying to lighten the mood before I read a horrible thing that you. I said. don't think I said horrible things. Okay. So I Billy says. Big girls can be beautiful. I'll put the mic down so I can't interrupt you. Okay. Big girls can be beautiful. I've fucked hot fat chicks. Jay's one of them. Big ladies, own it. Don't hide it. If you're big and you're going to choose to stay big, you've got to own that shit. If you have an online dating profile, don't play the angle game with me on that profile picture, okay? Because some of us know better. All your pictures are from the shoulders up. We know there's something you're hiding, okay? That's not fair. You're being deceptive, and now you're in the wrong. And don't hide behind curvy either. That's another thing I have. I hate when big girls who, big girls who aren't curvy, big girls, because some big girls are curvy, because a default as a default, a chubby girl might just put down curvy because she doesn't know what else to put down or just to fill in or call herself. Don't do that. That's not fair to the actually curvy women. You're misrepresenting yourself. I yeah. think that's the yeah. biggest bunch of fucking bullshit no. I've ever heard. If you're, Who if, are you to tell a woman yeah. how they should identify themselves? We don't have to classify ourselves so about, that you can easily filter through online dating I'm profiles. not talking about identify. I'm talking about words having meanings. I've This... Past body image, there's all sorts of words where, like, we decided to, like, use them for other things. Like, that's not how that fucking works. There's a definition. Like, curvy. No, there is not a steadfast definition of curvy. If you look at my body. Curvy, do you know what curvy? Okay, yeah, you are a curvy gal. Yes, I am. But there's curvy means curvy. Marilyn Monroe was curvy. I'm sorry, where does it differentiate between curvy and whatever past curvy is? Curvy was supposed to be, like... There's an index. What's supposed to be out. by who? That's what it's been. That's what the word meant. That's what's always been. You're curvy. Sofia Vergara is curvy. Right? But there's some girls I've met who are not curvy and they're big. And there's also nothing wrong with How that. How are you big and not curvy? The fact that you have weight that adds to areas of your body that makes the lines of your silhouette curves. That makes you curvy. Just because your definition... Those are curves. Yeah. And then that's pretty much a block. But here's here's my issue with curvy versus when there's the option for like the big and beautiful, whatever. Like our the dating site we met on had like big and beautiful and a little something extra and 
it and has curvy most and online stuff websites like that. have curvy, full figured, overweight, thin, and skinny. Okay, so and athletic. Yeah, yeah. Some it's usually about that. And so there's been like a curvy and then saying like a full figured. Okay, I understand. Who wants to really put overweight? That's something I would put because I feel like five pounds overweight. Curvy versus full figured. Unless you're like actually curvy, I feel like you're hiding behind it because you're not owning it. I'm saying own it. Who are Say, you yeah. to tell women how they should feel or identify about their own body? I'm saying I think, own. I'm saying own what you are. But, you own yes, being a big I woman. Yes, I do. I do. But I don't think that you have any type of place to tell another woman how they should feel or categorize this is less, or this identify is less of their a body. Should and more a piece of advice because you know what? If I see someone who's not curvy and they they put down that versus of probably was a much more. Um, appropriate option that to me to me looking at that shows a lack of confidence in your body so it's not that I'm turned off at the body I'm right now turned off at your lack of confidence so it's just like when you put in the picture um, you know all shoulders up and then anything that's full body is from a fucking distance away okay that shows me it's like listen you're not fooling me I, I understand what's going on or like I can see the things that suggest what the rest of your body looks like, the fact that you won't just fucking put yourself there, to me, shows a lack of confidence, a lack of self-love, and that is unattractive to me. So I'm saying, if you're a big girl, put it out there, be like, yeah, I'm big, I'm right there. Like, there was no questioning, like, what you look like when I saw your profile. That shows, like, okay, she's not trying to hide anything. She wants to say, this is my body, fucking either you like this or click through, you, Right? And also, there's also a logistical standpoint of, like, why waste time? Because, like, you're, the person's going to see you in person eventually. So if you're only putting shoulders up, if you're going to meet up in person and you look differently than what you're presenting, that's going to be a very awkward, sh probably short date that doesn't lead to a second date. And it just becomes a waste of two, two people, both yourself and his or hers or whomever's time. There's just so many things wrong with everything you just said. <laughs> I, there's so many things. One, you're saying, no, it's not a should. It's giving advice. Well, no. You, if you're going to express that sentiment, say, I find women who confidently express their body size or choose to put their... One of the, number, one of the top things people say uh, uh, traits to be attracted to is confidence. Fine. So uh, that's fine. But I'm just saying... You, Billy, should not be telling women how to portray their sense of self. I men and women. Self. By, okay, this is both. men or yeah, women, whoever. Anyone, I'm speaking yeah. of women because I'm a woman and okay. I can speak to that. I don't know how men are responding to this listening. But let me just get through the things that I have to say. You, by telling someone, own it, put it out there. Maybe it's not that simple. Maybe they have really deep rooted issues in their body image and it's not that easy you like it's just I have done so much fucking work to be able to be at this point where I can love and own and express myself and not be afraid of how people will react to my body type but there are a lot of people men and women um, and everyone in between who are not so comfortable mm -hmm. with that and I think that by saying that we should put full body pictures on there that we should put ourselves out there it's it's inciting this this pattern of the 
clicking through and I don't know if you've read any articles about Tinder lately but like that whole swipe culture and like how quickly we judge people and um, like I read this really interesting article about how actually class and uh, socioeconomic status is the number one uh, swipe factor, not race or religion or gender or body type or anything. Mm -hmm. But regardless, I think that for you to demand that we accurately display ourselves in a way that is pleasing to you so that it makes it less... Not pleasing. This is logistics. I'm just saying pleasing to you in a way that does not waste your precious time that you're your spending time on too. a dating Your site. time too. No, but it, if... You're going to get on that date and if the person's just genuinely not attracted to that... But who says that the first time that? they're going to see you is on the date? What if you put that so that someone then talks to you, you then start having a conversation and you choose not to have the dimensions of your body be the first thing that someone sees about you? But that's what an online dating profile not is Not necessarily. Genuinely, that That's a huge factor. It is a huge factor. Yeah. But I'm just saying that it feels... It feels objectifying and manipulative for a man to demand that I present myself in such a way that is least inconvenient to him. Have you have you read uh, women's demands of men? Have you ever read through a Craigslist ad, a Reddit ad, an online dating profile that says, uh, men, by the way, like, I need to see, like, a current picture. Women are just as guilty. Oh, of course they are. Now, I would say Wait. it's a little bit more in the height department. Uh, no, women no. that can be just as guilty of about, course they can. about saying, well, I need to see this up front. And you know what? Online dating is supposed to be an efficient thing. And so, you know what? Like, there's two things you, 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 you displayed just, uh, you talked about. You, one thing was, um, was kind of a uh, game plan, kind of a strategy. Okay, let me put out enough for the talk and then I can kind of do this reveal. Or like, okay, is this going to be okay before we meet? And the other thing is this is this emotionally hard thing, um, and that's not easy. Now, and I'm speaking as someone who also, you know, has gone through his own issues with his body, how I look, etc. Uh, it is that easy to just put the picture there. It may not emotionally be easy, but it's actually one of the easiest things you could do. And I actually think an amazing first step to just be like, you know, I'm going to put an accurate picture there. This is really difficult. I feel vulnerable. I feel like uh, really kind of out in the open. I'm not comfortable, but here's me. And when you get responses from that, how much better does that feel? He's seen me. Rather than the, okay, what's, is he going to be okay with my body when I reveal it? I've revealed it. And he still wants to talk to me. How much better does that feel? Because I know you, for me. It might feel great. But that's not how it works for everyone. And I think you're giving like psychological, emotional advice to people who you know nothing about. I think we're, we're talking about we're wasting people's time if you're going to be putting just shoulders up the whole thing. On, in, a, in a platform, that's, a, that's one of the big things that these platforms advertise about themselves is that they're efficient. Whether it's a niche dating site that has a certain theme or, or qualifying element to, to, um, to just the fact that it's online supposed to be an efficient thing so and part of that is physical attraction so let's get it out there in the open well i think it's you're talking about a larger concept of weight stigma and that is something that you if you're not overweight or you don't have people discriminate against you because of your weight is something that you don't understand and you don't have to deal with and what i was saying before 
you said women can be just as judgy as men. Oh, yeah. Of course they can. And what I'm saying about my personal experience is in no way meant to invalidate your own experience, but I'm speaking from my own. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm expressing one thing doesn't mean that the other can't be true also. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are... There is a giant effect of weight-based stigma in this country. Yeah, and agreed. it prevents people from getting job promotions. It prevents people from getting into schools. Mm-hmm. There was a study done actually in 2005 where they showed uh, people drawings of uh, body outlines mm-hmm. and asked them to rate them on um, attractiveness. They did it with elementary school children and basically said, like, who would you want to play with? And they had a person who was um, missing an arm, who was, like, average, a.k.a. And they all like, chose the fat healthy. person late last. Yeah. yeah. And then that they did it again with um, college-age kids, but instead of someone who was um, in a wheelchair, they did someone who had a mental illness and someone who had a history of curable STIs. And s- the majority of the time, over 60% of the time, they chose that they would rather go on someone with a history of mental illness or someone who has a history of STIs, multiple STIs, than someone who is overweight. And so this has been repeated in studies yeah. over and over I read over that study in XL Love too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this. It's, it's unbelievable. So I think for you to just say, put yourself out there. You've got to own it. Like, you sound like Oprah. It's not like you're just like, Listen, yes. I'm, tr- I'm trying to build an empire. Yeah, you are trying to build an empire, but I'm just saying you can you can encourage people to appreciate their bodies. You can encourage people to have the confidence to put themselves out there. But for you to demand that that's how people behave on a dating site so that it's less inconvenient for you, then I think that but it's is also inconvenient for them. Maybe not. No, no, it's it's legit. Again, when you meet on that date, if you have impro- just like if a guy. Um, improperly lists himself as 5'10 or shows pictures of himself with other short friends hoping that like that makes him look tall. Uh, when you meet up and you're 5'5, if she's the type of dirtbag chick who's like, you better be 5'11 or we can't date, then that's going to happen right there. Like you're going to, we're going to find this out in the first 10 seconds of meeting. So why don't you get that out of the way? You're saving yourself time. You're also saving yourself uh, prolonged anguish. I don't know. That's how, isn't that how all social media is? Everybody puts the best of themselves on every social media platform. I like an, I, I've seen your online dating photos and mm-hmm. they look really great. Not that you don't look great in real life, but everyone puts the best of themselves out in there into exactly, the world. And the best of yourself is also your complete self. No, not necessarily. No. no whoa, whoa. If, if your whole body, if your full body picture is not the best of yourself, then where's the body positivity? I think the body positivity starts with saying, this is me, take it or leave it. I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, but the body positivity movement is there as encouragement and to to help people. It's not a demand. It's not a demand that everybody must be body positive and no one can struggle with their body or be ashamed of their body. It is dealing with the difficult parts of loving yourself. So like it's not a requirement that everybody who's overweight be body positive. I Hopefully- think I think not being transparent holds you back from that from that growth, but also is just is just more pain for, for like online dating. I think not being transparent with what you look like only prolongs was going to be a rejection potentially. I mean, potentially yes, but potentially no. Maybe you. Yeah, but that person probably was not that person's not going to turn you down then if you had you put the thing out there. So the 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 
the non-rejection, the acceptance, that's the opposite of rejection. Acceptance. Okay, got there. Takes me a while. Uh, the acceptance was coming no matter what. But now, do you really want to prolong what was already going to be a rejection? Because if he's going to reject you, if he's going to reject a woman at 250, he's going to reject her uh, when they meet up after talking to her or, or just seeing her after also seeing a profile. I mean, like, listen, for example, like, do you... You had uh, like this really. You have like I don't know with it with those pro pictures where you're like in the sun hat or whatever like that. Oh, my mom took them. <laughs> okay. They're really, really well done. Thank but you. So okay, you have like a face only one for your main one, and then the other pictures show full body. Mm-hmm. When he gets those other pictures, he's also there's also a whole profile there. I mean, in theory, like they're reading that, and the type of dude who's not reading that wasn't going to care either way. I don't you know. know I, I mean? think I think you're splitting hairs. I think you're talking about something that there's a much larger topic and much larger discussion to be had besides full body picture or no full body picture. I think it's one tiny little symptom of a giant, giant problem. Yes, I agree about that. But I'm talking like I was trying to get practical when I said, you know, don't put curvy if you're not actually curvy. Don't put um, just shoulders only shots and group shots where you're kind of hidden. If you're, you know, don't hide yourself. That when I talk about that, I'm trying to get practical. Okay, I do recognize that's all part of a symptom of like this bigger, bigger issue with like the way we look at people who are overweight and that we assume that beauty has to be this this thinner thing. And I do think we are getting to a better place. Um, I do think we're slowly but surely getting to a place where like people are understanding like, oh, there's like all different types of bodies, but it's I- slow. But for me, my I think my big question is why do you have such a problem with anybody using the word curvy like what why? i just like words to be used the way i don't know the english gave us um uh, this amazing language besides t and uh i think we should use it properly that's just my thing i think words should just be used for what they mean uh you know the fact that we now have the word literally doesn't actually mean literally infuriates me but as a curvy, lover of language myself curvy in the dictionary does not cover what you're talking about in the colloquial kind of social sense of sexy curvy woman it yeah. doesn't talk about that but a sexy There's curvy no- woman can be plump and she could also be sophia vergara or who i don't know is there like a thin curvy chick there's probably one um i i so i don't think curvy has to mean weight i think it just describes the body type i think because anybody- if i put if i put myself as curvy i think we would agree that that would be a little bit of me um reaching for I don't example. know. I mean, <laughs> listen, I have big hips, but still, like, no, it's kind I of just, a reaching thing. I think it's I just up think, to a personal description. Sure, it's totally part of your up identity. To you. but I think if you, yeah, and if you, but if you improperly label yourself, I mean, yeah, if you think like I identify as curvy or whatever it is, if I identify as athletic and I'm 300 pounds, you're gonna. <clears throat> Sorry, have you seen some football players? Not on online dating sites. I'm just saying I'm just, there's it's splitting hairs, Billy. It's just, people who use descriptors. There's always going to be yes, an outlier. It's, but it's a, I'm saying it's a it's a thing where it's like, hey, if you're if you identify as a certain thing, when you go to label yourself uh, for other people to go judge you on, which is what you're accepting by being on an online dating site and this and choosing one of those things. If it's not um, really uh, uh, 
if you're not choosing like the appropriate one, you're kind of setting yourself up for unfortunate times. Well, if then you let wanna, people yeah, deal with that then, on their then own. Doing, yeah, and but can I not just say, hey, here's a, a good idea. A lot of people tell me that like I'm a good online dater, which I don't know if that's a, a positive or negative thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as someone who has done pretty well on online dating sites, not for dating, uh, clearly, because I'm here single, but for someone who's hooked up a bunch <laughs> from online, from the internet, uh, <laughs> here are my tips. You know, just like when I give guys tips on Reddit who want to uh, do random acts of blowjob, they're like, how do you have so many success stories? I was like, well, here's some of the things I've done. Here's the, how I'm transparent. And also, I'm genuinely not a D-bag. Now go forth and try to be a better person and get your dick sucked by strangers. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's it's more for me. It's, it's me trying to help. Uh, yeah, unsolicited maybe, but then they can just not listen to me and list themselves for whatever they want to be you do it girls you do it men you list yourself as curvy fuck billy <laughs> everybody change their profiles to curvy immediately Everyone, a nationwide uh thing yeah of- fuck billy Priscilla. change your profiles to curvy there's gonna be a whole jezebel thing about oh, it christ uh check out the next article on feministing everybody it's yeah. gonna be uh crazy mm. <laughs> um do you have any <laughs> any uh I, I mean i think i got the things i i I wanted to chat about. I think that was all good. Um, I now have blood rushing in my face, so. Yeah, it was good. This is- Billy told me before he came over the other night, he said he was going to bring his sparring gloves. And I said I didn't want to spar. I wanted to have a um, an informative conversation. I think we did both. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. we did both. Because um, you also, know what? The sparring, we also got exercise. Yeah, I actually, I <laughs> box as my, some of my exercise. And ah. I work out like five times a week. So mm-hmm. I do boxing with my personal trainer. He's amazing. And yeah, but also one thing quickly, I'll uh, have Billy uh, put links to these amazing people's websites in the show notes. Um, oh, that's but, the only person I think I to bring up. April Flowers. She's a BBW um, porn, porn star. Porn star? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. My boyfriend loves curvy porn stars really? so uh, much. She was like the whole... He life. knows all of their names. He's like, it's hilarious because like I'll be like, oh, my God, do you think this outfit's cute? And he's like, would it make you really mad if I knew that model's name? I'm like, no, that's amazing. Yeah. The, like the last third of XL Love or last quarter of the book is about um, the conventions in, in Vegas, like the BBW and SSBBW. Yeah. Um, porn stars and strippers who mm-hmm. like have these like loyal followings and they do these conventions where these like overweight couples come and say like, yeah, oh, like my God, Tess my Munster. Husband. Do you know Tess Munster? No. Oh, this is the only beautiful. one I know because she's in the book. Yeah. Um, but a couple plus size... Um, uh, body positive bloggers that okay. I love. Um, Gabby Fresh, she's amazing. These are all fashion bloggers because I follow a lot of fashion. Gabby Fresh is amazing. Jay's a very well dressed woman. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, Rebecca, who runs uh, Pretty Girl Glam, uh, that's her blog. And then um, I'm totally going to mess up her name, but Regini uh, Nagrao uh, from the site A Curious Fancy. Uh, those are three of my favorites. And um, I'm really into the whole like plus size fashion blogosphere. Um, I do some of my own Instagram too, but none of you can see that because I yeah. <laughs> keep it private. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, um, I'm going to throw in there uh, for, for anyone looking to to wax one out to uh, some bigger ladies, may I recommend the R Chubby subreddit? Oh my gosh, how I start almost every masturbation session. Really? I start off from R Chubby, then I kind of go through like R Thick, sometimes R Curvy, um, for the variety of weight and also, but the uh, a a consistent body type. Mm-hmm. And then I slowly get into God knows what um, group sex or Gone Wild or 
uh, ex-hamster way, like, watch, like, women who are on webcam in a library, like, probably sending something to their boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> and then they probably wrote, and, and I watched going, like, oh, she's probably, you know what? I can fantasize about her because she's probably single because they probably broke up. And for revenge porn, he probably put this up on the Internet. So, Oh, my God. That's um, terrible. You should never watch revenge porn. But I don't know it's revenge porn, but, like, it makes me think that I have a chance with her. If you I'll be assume like, she's it, probably, you should click it off. <laughs> I have to, but, no, I have to assume it for the fantasy to be like, you know what? But, like, I could because she's probably single. Like, she's probably available. <laughs> Uh, but no, our, our chubby oh, is also, uh, also a nice subreddit of, uh, sexy bigger girls. I like it better than gone wild curvy or gone wild plus size. I like our chubby. I yeah. don't know why. Uh, also probably some, uh, the models your, your boyfriend digs is, yeah. are on there. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Jay, this was, um, as always fun chat. Yeah. Uh, I will, I, I, Christ, I hope I don't piss you off in this intro too. <laughs> oh, you probably will. It's okay. Okay. Um, You're a dick. We all know it. We love you. Yeah. Well, dick with a heart of gold. <laughs> you uh, are a dick with a heart of gold. Mm, yeah. Okay. We're going to sign off everybody. Till, uh, <clears throat> if, if you have anything you want to yell at me, um, you know, I have Twitter or if you want to be kind and do it privately. Do it. Start the fire. Just start those conversations, everyone. Yeah. Um, or you can email me over at uh, manwhorepod at gmail.com and tell me why I'm a shitty person. No, tell him why he's a great person. <laughs> he's say, opening up this amazing better, forum. Or talk about why Jay is just fantastical. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks, everyone. You're amazing. Bye. Wow. Uh, very heated conversation. I want to thank Jay for, for coming back onto the show and, and discussing something so personal you know uh, i'd love by the way to hear anyone who has uh, struggled with similar issues i would love to hear from you hear your experiences hear uh, your response to the conversation between jay and myself uh, maybe you want to tell me why i'm an asshole or why you agreed with me please uh, feel free to email the show over at manwhorepod at gmail.com and let me know what you thought about this particular episode. Uh, and I'll happily uh, forward any comments or questions to Jay. Uh, I'll send them her way. Absolutely. If you want to if you want to shout out something about the show a little bit more publicly, feel free to do so over on Twitter at TheBillyPresita. Use the hashtag manwhorepodcast. As always, I love to know what y'all lovely people think about the program. I assume and hope that you are all uh, subscribed to the show over on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever app you prefer to use for your podcast. I hope you're listening every week. Now, if you get a moment, it'd mean a whole dear lot to me. If you'd leave a, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating. Helps other people find the show. And we always like having that. Also, by the way, uh, all those links that we, we crammed in at the end of the episode, uh, just check the show notes. They're all there. Gabby Fresh, Pretty Girl Glam, Regini, uh, my, one of my favorite porn subreddits, Chubby. Uh, they're all there in the show notes. Check them out. Show them some love. Uh, so as usual, I, I will be here every week, every Wednesday with uh, very lovely ladies from my past and some very special guests. I look forward to y'all tuning in. But until then, stay slutty.